Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. You know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid? The house was a little loud and chaotic, but always fun, and sometimes felt more home than home. Well, that's us. We're the Wilsons, and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat, ridiculous games, and interviews with interesting people. Like a spin doctor. The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Welcome home. Well, girl, here we are. We made it through part of the week. We made it through the wilderness. Is there a song that says that? I think the rain. We made it through oh, the rain. We made it through the rain. That's Barry Manilow. We kept on. Kept, I don't know. Anyway, we're here. Damn it. Here we oh, are. Who <laughs> gives a crap? We're back. We're here. And um, it's Hong Kong week. Oh, my gosh. So when you all listen to this episode, we will be in the midst of Crime Con. But we are planning to, if we don't get arrested, we are planning to do a, kind of a recording there, kind of a, a behind the scenes, but not really because it's really just going to be from our hotel room. Of just like what we're doing and what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do like a compilation. A compilation. Mm-hmm. I do love a compilation. A daily affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we look like before crime con. Yes. Here Mid-day. we go. Here we go. Fresh face. But and here we come back crying. crying. <laughs> Our feet hurt. So we're hungry. What the freaking hell were we thinking? I might be drunk. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That's the noon. That's the noon. The noon. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And it's still serial killer September. It is indeed. Because we're in September still. It is. I never realized how cumbersome the whole, whole, I said sun, but cumbersome. I was, I thought, I didn't know. Yeah, I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, The serial killer situation was. It takes so much more work. Yes, because there are a lot of victims. Yeah. And you want to get through those victims. You know, you want to, you want people to know who they are because that's kind of why we're doing this. But at the same time, I mean, if you're talking about a serial killer, that could cover 30 years. It sure could. So that's it a It could be hard names to pronounce. It could be, I mean, come it on. Could be. It could really? be hard There's names. There's so many things with the hard names. Yeah, that's that's the kicker right there. Those but this names. week, you're not talking serial killer. You're talking cereal recipe. Cereal recipe. And guess what, guys? Down the recipe because it's almost spooky season. So I feel like, I felt like I want to do a spooky recipe. Hmm. Well, what's spookier than Count Chocula? That, Tell me. Ooh, ooh, Tell ooh, me. Ooh, I know. Ah, 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 ah. That's the guy from Sesame Street. Yeah, but he's 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 just the count. Yeah, 
Cap Chocula is the I cereal. I understand the cereal. I got it. I don't think you do. But anyway, here we go. I found this really fun recipe using Count Chocula, which if you've got little kids, they're going to love this because it's a lot of fun. You take a box of Devil's Food Cake Mix. I use Duncan Hines. I already like the recipe. Me too. I, then, I enjoy a cakey cookie, especially in yeah, the chocolate. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So, and then it's two eggs, uh, half a cup of oil, one to one and a half cups of Count Chocula cereal. Oh. Mm-hmm. And one quarter cup of mini chocolate chips. Ooh. So it really kind of amps up the devil's food. Yeah. yeah. You pretty much just put the cake mix in. You add your oil. You add your eggs. You mix it all up until it's combined. You add the mini chocolate chips and the Count Chocula cereal, and then you make, fold that, like mix it with a spoon. Oh, so you're baking that stuff right in. You're you baking bake it, it right in, in there, girl. Oh, you wow. bake it in. It's not even just a top on No, it. no. Then you mix them with a spoon, and then if the mixture is especially thick, you can gently knead it with your hands, like if it's like if you're having trouble getting it all mixed in. Like you want to mix the heartbeat. A little bit. Don't <laughs> squeeze it too much. You don't want to crush your syrup. Understood. Don't crush the syrup. Don't do just it. Just gently stir the syrup. Gotcha. And then you take... Big old tablespoons of cookie and drop it onto your sheet, your cookie sheet. We we rolled them and I'm doing the ball rolling. Okay. If anybody wants to know what I'm doing with my hands right this minute, it's ball rolling. So we did the ball rolling. Right. So that they would bake up evenly. Right. And very uniform. And they did. They're so cute. You drop them, you roll them, and then you take the bottom of a drinking glass or the back of a spatula. And you kind of lightly flatten it. Oh. And then you take some of your Count Chocular cereal and put it on the top, press it lightly into the top. So it's in the mixture and, and it's on also top. a top one. Yeah. And the cool thing is, you know, it comes with the marshmallow pieces. Mm-hmm. So you put those marshmallow pieces on top too, and they're light colored. So you kind of get a black and white texture looking thing. Right. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's I tasted it. It's delightful. Cookie. I was surprised. I yeah. thought I was not going to like it. Mm-hmm. And then I was surprised. Yeah. Boom. Oh, it's good. It's really good. It's a great spooky treat for your kids and all that crap. So, oh, yeah, it's a fun cookie. Then you throw it in, you bake it, and then you can pull it out and you cool it. Yeah, and it's a nice big cookie. It's, too. A, it's a hearty cookie. Yeah. yeah we, we got 12 of those. Nice. We did a dozen. So. I like that. But then perfect. you're not left over with a tremendous yep. amount of cookie. You're exactly right. It was a fantastic. It was perfect. We were having dip day and watching football, and I made the cookies. Well, some of us made the cookies. <laughs> My son made the cookies, y'all. I'm just going to tell you right now. He made the cookies. And so what? Who cares? Were you? It was still my recipe, and I did supervise. Were you incapacitated at the time? He wanted to do it. You were not incapacitated. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, but you've mentioned that I've heard story. He's such a good kid. He, he really is. looks after me. He really doesn't like it when I catch things on fire. No. So yeah, he he jumped right in there. But I did I did supervise. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm really I glad did. you supervised. I did supervise. So. Speaking of football season and dip days, yeah, I found a story about the NFL's first ever serial killer. Wait, what? Yeah. Was he in the NFL or was he killing NFL? He was in the NFL. Shut the front. I'll let him even do it. Girl, touchdown. Woo! Touchdown. Mm-hmm. All right, let me start out by stating the obvious. My name is not Ann Rule. It is Ann Varner. <laughs> you know, for a minute, I was confused. <laughs> yeah, just in case anybody wanted to know, may she rest in peace. R.I.P. and Rule. And Rule was... And we bow down to you. We're not worthy. Was an amazing 
investigative journalist. She wrote a lot of books on true crime, serial killers. She really got down and dirty, dug in deep. She did great things. You did a lot of D's right there. <laughs> down, dirty, deep. Yeah, dug in deep. Dug in. Yes, yeah, she did. Oh. I have not read her book, but she did write a book about this killer called The I-5 Killer. So, I-5? And this story is a very interesting story. So if this is something that you're into, you should you should read the book. I probably would. Yeah. Will. I think that you will should. enjoy it. Okay. All right. On with the story. Picture this. It's the late 60s. You're a high school football coach. You've got a star athlete on your team. He's the type of player that is going to have an amazing football career. There's just one problem. Your football player likes to show his dilly-dally to people. Oh, God. And not in a, you know, come see it kind of way. Like, I'm hanging out with my friends. I want to embarrass you kind of way. More of a, I'm just going to pull it out in a room full of people and see what happens kind of way. There's no, there is no play in the playbook that calls for your tallywhacker being out. I, I concur okay. with that statement. I mean, they got a flea flick up, but they don't got a tallywhacker. Exactly. Now, the coaches knew that he had a problem, but they decided to look away oh, rather than risk losing their star player. Absolutely. Boys will be boys after boys all. Boys will be boys. By the early 70s, that boy is now a college football star oh in Ontario, Oregon. Boy, Oregon really got hit oh, bad with serial killers. They really did. I think it's because they don't have the death penalty. Oh. Right? By now, this athlete has several arrests for indecent exposure. But now he's started to escalate. He's broken into an ex-girlfriend's apartment, vandalized it. But because he's still a juvenile, he just gets a slap on the wrist for it. Oh, my God. He's in college? Yeah. You know, back then, they it, it depends on when your birthday falls, right? I don't give a crap. If you're in college, you should just be tried as an adult. I agree. But, you know, football star, mm-hmm. coaches pulling strings and whatnot. In 1972, he is charged as an adult for indecent exposure. And then he ends up getting his sentence suspended. A year later, another indecent exposure arrest, another sus- suspended sentence. So it's starting a little pattern. He is going right up the escalator. He's escalating. Mm -hmm. In 1973, this high school football player is now a 23-year-old man. He's a great football player with a record, but no big deal, right? Men will be men. I just don't think that they should be. The Green Bay (laughs) Packers loved him and decided to draft him because he was such a great football player. Did they know about his tallywhackers? Yes, they're aware. They're, they are aware. And they're just going to pay him a professional salary anyway. Yeah, they drafted him. Good. They did indeed. Well, they should be tried for whatever crimes. He By has. 1973, this Green Bay Packer had racked up more than a dozen indecent exposure charges. Oh, the Packers well, tried to get their player under control, but this guy was starting to get a reputation. So in 1974... They sent him packing. Like they fired him or they, they traded him? They kicked him off the team, fired him, and sent him back home to Oregon. Sorry, Oregon. See ya later. Pack your stuff do and not go. Here's a one-way playing Put ticket. Put your tallywhacker away and get out. Get out. <laughs> they said, no, we can't have that kind of a reputation. No. that's And it's gross. It's gross. Because I'm just saying if he's handling it like that. He's not washing his hands as much as he should. No. Okay. Just want to put that there. 
Now it's 1975 and the serial exposer. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Slash star athlete turned Green Bay Packer turned nobody has turned nobody has now returned home. And he starts to escalate again. Right up the escalator. He starts attacking women at knife point, forcing them to have oral sex. Oh, come on. And then he started stealing purses. So I've, I've, I'm robbing you at knife point. And I'm, I'm take making your purse. you at knife point have oral sex oh, on me. Don't and say now that. I'm going to take your purse. Rude. I mean, you talk about just a gut puncher. That's just like insult to injury. First right? of all, he's a monster. He's a monster with a purse. At this point, police are like, we got we got a situation here, and they set up a sting operation with female police officers. That is so smart. I like it when they do that. Mm-hmm. And they caught him. They caught the man. They took him down. But he got a plea deal, and he pled guilty to second-degree robbery. He got a 10-year sentence, but he was out in four years. Second-degree robbery? They yes. dropped the wrong charge. Right. Right. That is disgusting. Now it's 1979. Several rapes, robberies, and murders took place in Oregon after the failed athlete was released from prison. The first took place October 9th, 1980. The victim was a former classmate named (gasps) Sherry Ayers. What? In in November of 1980, a man and woman were shot execution style with a 32 caliber revolver in Portland, Oregon. This classmate of his, did he realize it was his classmate or was that just a happenstance? At this point, there are just things happening in his general area. We okay. don't know exactly who did it yet. Okay. We know who did it, but they don't know who okay. did it. Darcy Fix and Doug Altick were the ones that were murdered execution style with a thirty-two caliber revolver. Darcy had dated the failed athlete's best friend. So he freaking knows these girls. In December, on December 9th, 1980, a bearded dude... Robbed a gas station in Vancouver, Washington. Mm-hmm. Four nights later, the same dude robbed a, an ice cream parlor in Eugene, Oregon. We know that place. Yeah. We know people that live there. We do. Two nights later, the same bearded robber robbed a restaurant in Albany, Oregon. He took a week off, then robbed a chicken restaurant in Seattle, Washington. So he's just hungry? This time... He forced a waitress into a bathroom no. and made her pleasure him while he held her at gunpoint. Oh, my God. 20 minutes after he robbed the chicken restaurant, he robbed another ice cream parlor. The police couldn't seem to catch him, but they started calling him the I-5 Bandit because he was obviously traveling to all of these places via the I-5. Here's the thing about serial killers. They escalate. They do. They might start out as a peeping Tom. Or a flasher, then they go a step farther. They keep escalating until bam! Between January 8th and January 14th, the bandit robbed three stores. The one he previously hit in Vancouver. Again? Mm-hmm. A store in Eugene what? and a home in Eugene. Each robbery break-in involved a sexual assault. And when I say sexual assault, I'm talking about that whole making people do things yeah, okay i gotcha i'm not it's very graphic the things that he did i'm not going to go into no it. we shan't i don't want to hear that on january 18th the bandit forced his way into an office building in salem oregon where best friends sherry hull and beth wilmot both 20 were cleaning sherry's family owned a cleaning service and they did 
office buildings in the area. Yeah. And Beth was her best friend, and um, oh, she was in town to go to, to college, and they started cleaning house, cleaning offices together. Wow. The bandit covered his face with the hood of his jacket and had a Band-Aid across the bridge of his nose. He forced the two girls at gunpoint to strip and perform no. deeds on him. He tortured them until he was satisfied and made them lie face down on the floor. He shot Sherry in the head and, oh my God. and then Beth with a thirty-two caliber revolver. Oh. He left the women bleeding on the floor. Beth managed to get herself up and to a phone where she called 911. Bless her heart. Both women were rushed to the hospital. Sherry died soon after. Oh. But miraculously, Beth survived. Badass. She was point blank. In the head. She said, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Mm -hmm. Amazing. When the police got there, she was completely conscious, having conversations. That's unreal. She was able to give them a full description of the the man. Yes, with the Band-Aid on his nose. Whatever. (laughs) And because of this, they got a composite sketch together. Mm -hmm. And the police in Oregon sent out an APB to seven different states. I hope one of them was Wisconsin. They went, <laughs> no, it was, remember he got kicked out of Wisconsin. But if they had, if they had, if they had seen the composite, maybe somebody would have said, oh, uh, hello, this guy, we, we sent this guy packing. Right. No, I think they just went along the I-5. Oh dear. Right, right. And I'm really glad they did it. Between January 26th and January 29th, the bandit robbed three more stores and sexually assaulted two more women. On February 3rd, 1981, a 37-year-old mother, Donna Eckerd, and her 14-year-old daughter were found dead in their Mountain Gate, California home. Wait. They had been shot in the head and the daughter had been sexually assaulted. On that same day in Redding, California, a female clerk was kidnapped, raped, and sodomized after the store where she worked was robbed. That exact same crime happened the next day in Wairica, California. I had to look up and listen to people talk same. about the name of it. It is Wairica, okay. California. That night, this same guy robbed a motel in Ashland, Oregon. See, he's all up and down Wait, the I-5. How far is California from Oregon? It's, it's, they're close. They're like hours apart. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. They're, they're close all up and down that Western. Sorry, guys. I don't know geography. You still know the West Coast maybe as well as the East Coast. Uh, I'll take that. Okay. I'll go with that one. Five days later, he robbed a fabric store and sexually assaulted the clerk and her customer. No. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Rude. No, this guy needs to have his woohoo shot off. Yes. On February 12th, he robbed stores in Vancouver, Olympia, and Bellevue, Washington, mm-hmm. and sexually assaulted three more women. So he's, it's like one after another. Like, after how another many are we up to? Probably close to 10 or 12. That's at least. crazy. And it's just like, it's yeah, right, really quick. Like, really he doesn't together. take a lot of time off. Mm-mm. No. On, Jan- on February 15th, 1981, Julie Retz was found dead in her Beaverton, Oregon home. She had been shot execution style in the back of her head and raped. My gosh, already. I know. Golly. By now, the police in Oregon, Washington, and California were putting the pieces together. They were honing in on the I-5 Bennett. I keep wanting to say I-95. I know. Because that's what we have. They got the I-5. That's what we got over here on the East Coast. Yes. They started comparing evidence and results from DNA samples, anything they could. 
Three more robberies and sexual assaults take place before the police finally picked up their suspect. Randall B. Woodfield, high school football star, college football star, boys will be boys, flatcher, robber, rapist, murderer, murderer, was picked up for questioning on March 3rd, 1981. He was released, but police were working on getting a search warrant, which actually came through on the 5th, so two days later. Randall was arrested and taken into custody on the 7th. During a police lineup, several of his sexual assault victims identified him. By the 16th of March, indictments were rolling in from Oregon, Washington, and California. Good. Robbery, rape, sodomy, sexual assault, kidnapping, murder, and various weapons charges. Yeah. His trial started in Oregon. He stood trial for the murder of Sherry Hall and the attempted murder of Beth. He was convicted of murder... And then sentenced to life. And then he got an additional 90 years for the attempted murder, sexual assault, oh. and gun-related charges for Beth. Okay. They don't have the death penalty in Oregon. No, they do not. That was the best they were going to get. All of the other jurisdictions with all of the other victims decided not to have trials because they knew he would never get out. I know. but And it saves money. It does save money. And he did. I will confirm to you that they talk to the victims' families okay. and the victims uh-huh. about it, and they all agreed. Okay. Not Some of them don't want to go back and relive I understand. what happened. DNA and other evidence proves that Randall murdered Sherry Ayers, which was that first girl that was the old classmate of his. Yeah. Darcy Fix and her boyfriend, Doug. He went to see Darcy. She had dated a friend of his, thinking that she was going to be alone, but when she showed up, Doug was there, so he was just a add-in. Mm-hmm. Donna Eckert and her 14-year-old daughter, and Julie Ritz. Six. Yep, six more. I know math. But he's been linked to more than that. I'm sure he has. There's and a whole slew of them that of women that were murdered in California during a time where he happened to be on the beach sunning himself in that same area. But they've not found, they've not found an, enough DNA. Okay. There's not enough evidence to bring charges. They're, I'm sure they're working it. I hope so. I'm sure they're working it. So now this is, again, this is really interesting. If, if you think about the mind of a killer, when he was 13, his parents called him Peeping. So he started out as a Peeping Tom. Mm-hmm. And then he went from Peeping Tom to exposure. Early on, like he was exposing himself in high school. Yeah. Like he would, that's early. I think that's early. I think so too. And then he would do these robberies and then they escalated. And one robbery, he made one a woman show her breast to him. And then it escalated from there and it just kept getting worse and worse. And then he would sink in these murders. Yeah. Like rob, 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 sexually assault, murder. I think Crazy. it was, I think that was part of his MO was he would, when he got to go and he would start with, it was like a, a crescendo for him. Right. And then that crescendo was over. And so then he started back at the beginning and, and worked up. It's part of his MO. Yeah. And when they went back and looked at some, talked to some family members and looked at the timelines and stuff, most of the time, if not all of the time, he would get rejected by someone. It could have been the Green Bay Packers, his parents, his sister. His, um, anything that he saw as rejection. a rejection. And then he would murder. After he murdered Darcy Fix, he actually stole the 32 caliber from her house. Oh, and boy. that's what he used to murder Sherry. Remember I mentioned that he wore band-aid? Yeah. Yeah. 
when they asked him about that, he said that it was part of his disguise, that he thought women would be distracted by it. And when he took it off, they wouldn't recognize him. Okay. He's not brilliant. <laughs> like, let's just say he is not brilliant. No. So on Valentine's Day, he was on that killing spree. He actually decided he was going to throw himself a big party. And he invited everybody that he knew. And he knew a lot of people. Just, he was a very social guy. And not one person showed up. I was going to say, who the hell would show up? Right. Because he's creepy. Yes. Yes. Like, that's like, that's like saying Michael Myers has invited me to a Halloween party. I can't wait to go. Right. Like, no, I'm not coming. Exactly. I'm not coming to I'm your creepy gonna... ass party where I'm going to end up in a dungeon. Exactly. No. And that's, you know, of course he, that's when he escalated and murdered Julie. And he actually remembered her address from an ID that he checked while he was a bouncer at a bar. I'm telling you. Get her. This guy is a weirdo. Yeah. So as he continued to escalate, he... In the beginning, he'd kill, and then he'd wait five weeks. Then he'd kill, and he'd wait three weeks. And then he'd kill and wait two weeks. And in the time period in between, he was robbing stores, yeah. robbing stores, robbing stores. Yeah. It's crazy, right? You can definitely see a, a definite pattern. It kind of makes you wonder, like, if they hadn't caught him, he what would he have escalated to? Murder every day. Another interesting fact is, in Oregon, it, the prosecutor was Dick Van Dyke's son. <gasps> That is way cool. Yeah. Dang. So because it happens, it's a long time ago. I don't have a lot of information on the victims, which is yeah. really, really unfortunate. But you said their names and that's good. I said their names. Yeah. yeah. That's a good thing. So I mean, sometimes it's all you got. And it is serial killer September. So we, we know that we're going to be dealing with a, a multitude of victims and that we may not be able to find a lot of information. Yeah. I mean, when I... My goal with this one was, I'm going to give you the basics of this, the yeah. overview of what happened, yeah. thinking that if people were interested in it, they'd go, I, I would look for Ann Rule's book because yeah. I think she I don't think I can read it if it's if it's graphic with all that sex stuff. It's going to be really graphic because I've really downed it. Down, you downed it dumb. I didn't down it dumb. You <laughs> downed, downed it dumb, dumb no. no. <laughs> it wasn't dumb and down. It was, I edited a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. A great deal of it was edited. Okay. He was a sexual predator. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. For okay. sure. Gotcha. And he escalated. And people in the beginning, rather than get him help, decided to turn the other cheek. Yeah. And I tell you, once he got arrested, his family, his dad went to visit him in jail. And he left and never, nobody in the family ever spoke to him again. But he's gross. But yeah. how about... Go and call the police. Don't say, ooh, I don't want to be around you. How about go visit the police and say, our relative is seriously sick in the head. No, this was and after he was arrested for the mil the Miller, the killers, the killings. Oh, my golly. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Anyway, he ain't going nowhere. He, he does have a, I think I've read somewhere that he has a MySpace page. Are they still a thing? I don't think so, but he probably has Facebook. Yeah. He tried to get his picture in Playgirl way back when. Oh, my God. I don't know if they've got he that. He's obsessed with his PP. Yeah. He's a weirdo. Oh, my gosh. Be gone with you, you ookie thing. Oh, wait a minute. I think I read somewhere, too, that he's been married several times. While in How prison. You, like, let's talk about the mind of that person. They are broken. They are oh so God. broken. So very broken. Yeah. They're so broken that they will think that that's all they're worth or they're sick in the head and they they idolize it needs to be a rule here's the thing i'll I think tell you one, i have a prediction alec murdoch will be married within five years oh lord yes yeah. so he's gross too he is but there are people out there that 
That's just what they do. I I believe, in my opinion, I think that if you're a serial killer, you should, and there's proof, you've got DNA evidence, you've got bodies, you've got DNA, there's yeah. no question about it, you're the guy, mm-hmm. you should automatically get the death penalty. I, I agree. No matter what state you're in. I agree. I, I think, think it, it should, should be, be federal, federal law. law. A federal, federal law, law. Says serial killer, you're yes. out. Yeah, you're out. I guess there has been some value in keeping some of them in prison for years. Yes, they get studied. They Not only do they get studied, but eventually they are starting to be able to link crimes that were not solved back to some of these killers. That is true. And we will talk about so that in could, the next episode. There could be, there could be value there. I can yes, see that. And I will say that these serial killers have been studied by psychologists and psychiatrists and behavior analysts and like just criminologists um, so that they can understand how to profile or how that became about. And some of these serial killers are willing to talk to reporters or whomever um, about what they did and stuff because they have huge egos. They're narcissists through and through, like to the bitter end. I wonder how this guy would be without his tallywhacker. I think that that should have been removed before he even got his orange jumpsuit. (laughs) Sorry, it won't fit. Because I'm just going to tell you, he's in prison and he's showing that thing again. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there, I don't. I don't know that there. There's a lot of rehabilitation in the Oregon State Penitentiary that, especially if you're in there for life plus ninety, right? For serial killers. Now I wonder in Oregon if life plus ninety means life plus ninety, or if that means he only has to serve thirty years. I didn't read anywhere where he would be getting off ever. Okay, I did not read anywhere that he'd be coming up for parole ever. Okay, and he's in his six. 60s or 70s. I'm hoping he just he just stays right there. Yeah, me too. I hope he's scared every day. Somebody needs to study his brain. I'm and I mean, he might. They might as well just study it while he's in prison. Just crack open that noggin. Let's just see what's happening just in there. Crack that noggin right open. There. Yeah, I think that should be part of his punishment. Let me take this part out and see if it helps. If I touch this, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> Will anything fall off? <laughs> Oh, did that hurt? Sorry. Oh, that hurt? Let me do that again. Oh, goodness. Yeah, just crack that noggin right open. Yeah. Like a coconut. I think that's the best <laughs> idea you've had in a long time. Woohoo! <laughs> Sign me up for the prison board. I don't know what they're called. No, I like the it's prison like the board. homeowners association. It's the prison owners association. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let me make the decisions on how to best study these people. Yes. Yes. All right. right. Well, I was kind of I had never episode. ever heard of him. Really? I had never heard of him. I didn't at all. either, and I was shocked. Me too. And surprised and glad I found a football. Did you ask Eugenia if she had ever heard of this guy? Uh, I did, but it, it was before time. It's very much before time. Yeah, that's true. And she 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 does listen to our podcast. Oh, but sweet she Eugenia. listens to another one called Morbid. Yeah, yeah, that's a popular that's one. A very popular one. Popular. Hopefully, we'll see them at. Crime Con. I did not see them on the list for Podcast Row. Oh, okay. But you never know. You don't. There could be like a a podcast aisle. I know. Maybe not a row, but a A corner. (laughs) A sidebar. You know, a little bistro table. Right. (laughs) 
with all of them gathered around. You never know. Why yeah. not? I know. There are going to be a lot of podcasters there, and we're going as podcaster, writer people. Fangirls. Really we're just fangirls. Fan we're just hoping we don't get arrested or any kind of a, um, what are those things called? The keep away from me thing? Protective order. Oh, right, right. Yeah, we yeah. don't want that. We don't, we don't, we don't want any trouble. I don't want any trouble. Well, <laughs> I mean, just a light sprinkling of trouble wouldn't be so bad, would it? <laughs> Maybe some. Yeah, just a little. A little tiny bit. Something. Yeah. I mean, you know, two sisters on the road, no chaperones. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You don't know. I don't even know, and I'm one of them. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we freaking love you. We, we really do. We do. love you. We do. We can't stop loving you. <laughs> I can't take my eyes off of you. It just came out of me in a rhythm. Just too good to be true. All right, guys, y'all are too good to be true. Yeah, and we're hoping that you all will just go ahead on and stay sweet, y'all. And don't murder. Because if you kill people... We're going to talk about you. And hey, y'all, email us because we want to hear from you. Oh, yeah. And also, buy us a coffee. We need coffee. Uh, (coughs) I'm burning. (laughs) For Crime Con. Come on, guys. Let's do it. All right, guys, giddy up. Y'all keep your head on a swivel. Bye-bye. This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.